Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be with marketing luminary, Aaron Shapiro, who is the founder and chairman of Product, an independent agency focused on making and marketing products for a sustainable future. Their unique point of view and offering has attracted leading brands like Google and post-consumer brands. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit because I know you weren't always a marketing luminary. How Not did you get always. started? That's a new phrase that the PR people like to shower on you. I, I was going to say that. that I've never seen that one used before. <laughs> uh, so I've had a long career in uh, technology and marketing. Uh, my, I, my first company was called Silver Pop, which was marketing automation software. If you think about the emails that marketers might send to companies, that was our business. And that company we built up and sold to IBM. And after that, I started a, a digital consultancy called Huge, which did large-scale digital transformation. And I built it up to 1,500 people across 12 offices, and we sold that to Interpublic. Um, and then after that, I actually started another company called uh, Day Forward, which was a direct-to-consumer life insurance company. So I've done a lot of different startups, and I've been pretty fortunate to have a pretty diverse experience. And some that were obviously incredibly successful. Um, before we dive into product... Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, I mean, obviously what catches my eye is how you grew huge to 1,500 team members and then obviously sold to an even larger company. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty crazy experience. But basically, we started in the earlier days of, of the internet, right around the same time as the iPhone and Facebook were getting off the ground. And we really preached to big companies the importance of doing great digital experiences and great design. Things that are obvious now, like have a website that people can go to and buy your products. Uh, easily communicate your things using the internet, all those kind of things. But it really caught a big curve. And we were fortunate that lots and lots of companies recognized how important the internet was in doing marketing. And they all started to hire us. And that's how we grew really rapidly. Uh, it was a fully bootstrap company. We, did, we brought in no venture investing, just doing really good work with clients. Clients would refer you to other clients. And we kind of year over year, over about 12 or 13 years, built up a pretty substantial business. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I bet. How does one manage a 1500 person global team? It's a, it's a big challenge. Uh, every day was something new. Um, but the, you know, the main secret was it's actually not that different from a, a smaller team where the secret I felt for all good management is all about, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. Just hire really good people and give them the authority to, to do great work. And we spent a lot, of, it sounds simple, but we spent a lot of time operationalizing that. How do we staff people? 
how do we empower them, how to make sure that they are empowered to make decisions, that they understand our culture. And then it starts to it starts to snowball and you build a culture of excellence and more and more people embrace the same way of thinking. And then you start to build a company that can really scale and predict, uh, predictably do great work. But it's certainly not an easy challenge. And every day was you know different drama, new things you never think were issues would, would become one. Absolutely. I would imagine, again, obviously have no idea the terms of your payout, but you probably could have retired. Why, why keep starting more businesses? Um, it's a good question because I love entrepreneurship and building things. You know, the thing that I most love is creating, creating new companies, new solving new problems for people. Um, that's, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of my wife jokes is like, what else am I going to do all day? Like sit at home and read, or I don't know what, who knows what, listen to podcasts all day. Like, um, right. So that's, that's really, that's really what it's about. And it just felt like, uh, there were a lot of problems in the world that needed fixing and things that we could tackle. So, uh, so it was worth going at it again. Well, congratulations on all that. What inspired you to start product? Well, so after I left huge right before the pandemic, and that was when our earnout. After you sell the company, you often have an earnout where you stay for a few years with a company that acquires you. So I stayed there. I stayed through the earnout and then left right before the pandemic. And and then I was not involved in in the consulting agency world or marketing for a few years. And then the pandemic was over and former folks were coming back to me asking about starting an agency or doing consulting work. And what occurred to me was that the world has changed a lot, right? In the last few years, a tremendous amount. Marketing is different. Building businesses are very different. But I saw that a lot of companies weren't, weren't equipped for what's new. And a lot of the old agencies hadn't really changed with the times. So I thought it was a really good opportunity to start another company. And we have a really strong team around us or all folks that have worked with me before, mostly at Huge. And, and then we started to go to make a go for it. And it's been pretty successful so far. What do you think? I mean, you've gotten so much recognition, whether it's fast company, ad age, ad week. What do you think makes product stand out and differentiates you? Well, the biggest thing about the world right now is that, you know, there's 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 a lot of we can think a lot about how much this how much is different and the same between now and a few years ago. Right. There's a lot of different stuff. But what's probably less talked about is that, you know, first, we all expect if you think about the world and how to interact with companies, we all expect a level of immediate gratification that never existed before, you know, before the pandemic. If you think even like you think about this podcast in the old days, maybe I would have gone to a studio to record it right now. It happens all over Zoom. But at the same time that we all expect everything now, 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 um, digital usage has actually peaked and is declining right now, which not a lot of people realize. Fewer people use the Internet now than they do even a year ago. And that's because digital has fully saturated and we're in kind of a new marketing landscape. And a lot of that landscape is really around the idea of sustainability and thinking about how to make a business sustainable long-term, which, which isn't just about green, but it's about how do you make a business that's long-term viable and successful, even when you have inflation, you have an economic uncertainty, a lot of the things that are happening right now in the world. And that's a lot of what we focus on. And we think that having this kind of perspective uh, is really the way companies need to be thinking about in the future. We actually think that we're at the start of one of the greatest periods of innovation that are going to happen, probably as much change now in the next 10 years as since the early internet. Um, you can see the explosion of AI and chat GPT and stuff like that as a big example of that. You could also see a lot of the moves towards decarbonizing our economy, the growth of electric, electric batteries and electric cars and wind farms. That kind of shift to decarbonizing is going to affect every single sector in our society. So it's a really, really big shift. And you combine those two things, rendering a pretty new era, 
And that requires a very different way to market it and think about one's business. Well, you're talking about trends and things that are coming. How do you future-proof your business in an era of like constant change? That's a great question. The biggest, the biggest thing that we, we think about is, is really going back to business fundamentals, where too many companies in the last decade have grown up with this orientation that it's grow at any cost or hype, 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 all these things. But we've learned time and time again that there's the fundamental economics of business are what's successful. And it's about making sure that you have a, a product and service that's valuable to customers, that that people make sure that they're going to pay for those services, that, that you get a good profit on that, on that product, you're delivering on your promise, all those kind of basic blocking and tackling things. And if you have that foundation in place, then that gives you that gives you a foundation that you can you can evolve and turn as the market shifts to really plan accordingly and to really anticipate that your business doesn't have this kind of looming threat that's eventually going to hit you because the fundamentals of the business just isn't sound. And that's a lot about where business is at today. And you can see that with a lot of the crazy stock prices that have happened with companies that went up like this. And then in the other way, you look under the hood, those problems still existed during that crazy rise. They were just kind of papered over. And it's really about making sure that your business is sound. You're, you're providing good products and services to, to good value to customers, and they're going to refer you to more people. And if you have that basics, you're going to be successful as a business, no matter how things change. You're absolutely right there. Now, in the world of you know marketing on, and digital online, the biggest, latest trend that you already alluded to was AI and chat GPT and stuff like that. Why, why, why you're a little bit controversial? Why is chat GPT not going to take our jobs? That's a that's a really great question. Well, the way we look at software tool, the way we look at things like ChatGPT is they're really just tools. They're tools to, for productivity, just like let's say Figma is a tool or Zoom is a tool or anything else. It's just a little bit scarier to some folks because it sound you can you can think that it sounds like a person even though it's not. It's just another tool. And the way that we think about AI is that it makes certain tasks much more productive. So that it gives more time for us to be to do creative and, and strategy and thinking and not a lot of the, the drudgery work. So, for example, we use we use in, in all of our work a tool similar to ChatPG, but for creating images. And that allows a creative to have a, a weird idea like, oh, I think we should do an ad with, let's say, a frog running down the street. And if you think about how you do that now, you might have to have Photoshop or do some crazy animations. Instead, you could just say, you know frog running down the street and you automatically generate with an AI, literally a frog jumping down the street. And that is a tremendous time saver. And it also unlocks a lot of creativity. It means you can think about more and more creative things. And it means the creatives are spending more time thinking and ideating and less time actually doing the drudgery of how do you make something really happen logistically. And, and so when you think about it that way, it, un, it unleashes a lot of creativity and it lets us do lots more testing about what ads can work and not work to really make sure that the messages that consumers that companies do finally push out at scale are much more effective. You met, you alluded to the decarbonization trend. Mm -hmm. um, I get it when you think about like a company like Tesla or a company that's manufacturing things that run on, let's say, where their products need that electric battery. Talk right. about how that affects the rest of the world. That's a great question. Well, first, you could, you could say, you know, let's say that we don't care about these issues. Why should I as a company care? I'm just, 
here to make the most money. That's what my business do, maximize shareholder value, right? Well, the answer to that is, is that many, many studies have shown that as a result of, uh, of the pandemic, more and more consumers, in fact, most consumers now explicitly choose products and services for based on the companies that share their values. So if a consumer cares about the environment, they are going to be more likely to buy products and services that are environmentally friendly as well. And that's why every company needs to have a, a sustainable strategy where they can make sure that they continue to be in sync with consumer expectations. And what we found is that this affects many companies unrelated to the direct issues around, you know, let's say power and batteries. For example, one of our clients that you mentioned earlier was post-consumer brands, and they launched a new product that, that, uh, that we've been working with them on called Airly, which is an eco-friendly snack. It's, 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 it's a cracker that you can eat, like a yummy cracker you can give your friend, your, your kids for a snack after school, but it's made with a sustainable farming technique where uh, you actually take carbon out of the atmosphere as a result of eating the crackers, meaning more carbon is taken out of the atmosphere through the farming process than it costs to manufacture and, and ship the product. So that's a small example, but it means that consumers can legitimately feel like they're go doing good by helping save the planet by eating these crackers. And that in turn is central to the marketing message and the strategy for that product and other products they might launch. So it's something that really is going very broad and not something that's just impacting things like automotive that we think of top of mind. It's definitely a constantly changing world. Um, how do you navigate through all the uncertainty? Well, there it's a it's definitely a challenge, especially in today's world. And what we often find is that when you go back to thinking about the core value of a company, right? Why does your company exist? What's the value to your services? You can then say, okay, well then how? Then we almost do an exercise with our clients where we almost game out different scenarios. So based on this fundamental value proposition, if the world is like this, this, or that, what does that mean for your business? And you can do exercises where you simulate these different outputs. And from that, you can course chart what the right business strategy becomes. And what we find by doing those kind of exercises, it gives a lot of clarity to what's working and what's not working in the business and why the company uh, is in the position of success that it is. And what are things that have to be addressed, addressed so it is future-proofed as averse things might, might be happening in the world. A great example of this is, is a lot of the inflation companies have been, have been struggling with. And then how do you think through what inflation means? Can you, pass that, can you pass that on to consumers? Can you find other ways to cut costs? Can you maybe um, hide pricing discounts, but smaller packaging, which you might see some products you bought have been doing lately? So there's a lot of creative ways to approach it, but it's really about having the foresight to think and plan what could happen instead of hitting, hitting at you and blindside you at the last minute. It's also important for companies to be agile. You know, a big, a big thing that we advocate is for companies to have the flexibility to change very nimbly. And that's something a lot of companies learn the hard way. If you couldn't pivot in the last few years to be digital first, you had a real problem. And so companies are getting better and better at thinking about how to be very agile in their business. That, that makes a lot of sense. How does one get into a company like Google or some of the Fortune 500, some of the household names that you've had the good fortune to work with? Well, we've been fortunate to build to build a pretty good reputation individually and uh, through our careers, myself and the other partners in the company. And word is starting to spread about products. So we're fortunate that companies are starting to reach out to us too. So it's it's like any business, you know, if you do good work, other people find out about you. And then, you know, you kind of grow through word of mouth. That's that's usually the tried and true way of building these companies. But it's certainly no easy task. And and we we take all we cherish all of our client relationships and work really hard to make sure that they're successful.
Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? What I like best is it's really interesting seeing the inside of these companies and learning about them and then thinking about their problems and how to solve them. It's, I always find it, it's, I found it very rewarding throughout, throughout Huge as well, where you see, you're lucky enough to see the inside of so many businesses and so many problems and you see the similarities between companies, how they're different, and you apply lessons from one business to others. And that's, and that's really interesting intellectually. Absolutely. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. Who's an ideal client for product? Because we're, we we're not all decision makers at Google. The biggest client, the, the best ones are, are companies that are passionate about innovation and, and want to do great innovative things. And that's really the common denominator. We, we work with plenty of companies that aren't super glamorous like Google. Um, the, the commonality is that they really want to do great work and do things that will really make an impact in their sector. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate it. For folks who are watching or listening who want to learn more about all things Aaron Shapiro, where should they go to learn about Aaron product? And then your digital growth manual, users, not customers. Uh, so uh, the product website is productinc.com. Uh, my personal website is aaronshapiro.com. Uh, my book is a little bit old. It's about 10 years old. Uh, it's called Users, Not Customers. I'm actually coming out with a new book that's going to be coming out in a few months. Um, but but those, are the, those are the best places to find me. Awesome. Well, when the book comes out, let us know. We'll have you back on to talk about the book. This has been thanks Seth you. Green for Sharkpreneur with Aaron Shapiro from productinc.com. Aaron, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you or talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>